What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Carolinas Georgia Wrestling Spotlight. This uh, special edition as we look back over the weekend that was at WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I've also got results from uh, APW show in Chester last Friday night. Full coverage of WrestleCade. Uh, and then we also want to talk about the announcement just yesterday of the finalists for the 2018 Carolinas Professional Wrestling Awards, and I'll have some thoughts on that. If you want to get even deeper, uh, if you want to know some behind-the-scenes stuff at WrestleCade that I guarantee you will not hear anywhere else, uh, you can become a patron today at patreon.com slash dropkick. Uh, and once you become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, you get immediate access to all of our old behind the scenes. Uh, we're now doing or trying to do a weekly behind the scenes for our $5 patrons. So think about this $12 for the year, a dollar a month. And you are going to get behind the scenes, uh, in a way that nobody else is doing and covering wrestling in the Carolinas and uh, Georgia. So uh, I'll have some thoughts uh, on that. So let's uh, let's start with Chester APW Friday night, November 23rd. Uh, great crowd from all reports. Opening matchup, Andre Gunn defeated the Son of Light, Elijah Proctor. Both of those uh, two men getting some opportunities in various uh, promotions throughout this year and uh, continued pr improvement for both of them. In the second match, it was the APW heavyweight title on the line as Zuka King took on tie-dye sunrise James Johnson. Huge opportunity for James Johnson getting a shot at that APW heavyweight title. Uh, it was Zuka King uh, getting the win and a, another successful title defense. Cowboy Mason Moore. Defeated T.J. Boss in singles competition. Uh, Redbeard, Robert Truesdale, posted some videos of uh, T.J. Boss laying it in pretty good. Uh, Mason Moore with some chops, but Mason Moore came out with the win. In a matchup of a young man that I have uh, seen in Palmetto Championship Wrestling, it was the Ginger Ninja, Brady Collins, getting a win over the Millennial Chance Riser. These two men competed in a four-way match uh, recently at Palmetto Championship Wrestling, uh, and that's one of, that was at the Soda City Showdown. And that's one of the shows we're working on right now to get on the SOS Custom Wrestling Network. SOSCustomNetwork.com uh, is where you can find all the action for Carolinas and Georgia and North, uh, North Carolina wrestling. And then the main event in Chester, it was the APW Tag Team. Uh, championship three-way match gymnasty boys defeated high profile and movie mike and bobby ballantyne however however it was a lot of controversy in this match it looked like looked like movie mike and uh bobby ballantyne had won this match and won the titles and then he saw that will demented had uh, done some chicanery there with the bottom rope, and the match was restarted. Jim Nasty Boys won and retained. After the match, though, White Mike made it known that Movie Mike and Bobby Ballantyne would be getting uh, a, a, a title shot with just those two teams uh, coming up uh, very soon. Chester will be back uh, December the 7th. They are every two weeks as we get enter, uh, get ready to enter the uh, the new year. So they'll be December the 7th and December the 21st. Friday night, it was WrestleCade. I was there with Boomer Payne representing the Double Dropkick Show, SOS Custom Tees, the SOS Custom Wrestling Network. Uh, we were able to bring in Marty Gennetti Saturday for the Fan Fest. So lots of great wrestling. I want to go ahead and apologize. There were four shows this weekend. The only show, uh, we did not stay for the shows on Sunday. I have sought out results for Sunday's Queens of Combat show, and I've not been able to get those yet. Uh, 
but by all reports, a, a good show for Queens of Combat. So let's uh, dig into the showcase of champions. So let me just tell you, I love the premise of the showcase of champions. They bring in champions from all across the country and have different title matches. Uh, and you'll hear uh, you'll hear just some of the unique opportunities that were here. So Billy Brash defeated Luchasaurus to retain the AML Prestige title. Uh, Luchasaurus, who's somebody that has been in NXT and on Lucha Underground, uh, very impressive. Uh, just a very impressive guy, very impressive look, very impressive gimmick, and an impressive match with Billy Brash. Next we had the WCWC North American title. Now this is from... Excuse me, the Portland, Oregon area, and this was the finals of a tournament that they had been doing, and it was Mike Camden defeating Mick Drake uh, to win that North American title. Next, we had a three-way match for the PWF Undisputed title. This is out of uh, the the North Carolina uh, Coast Premier Wrestling Federation, and John Schuyler got to win over Victor Andrews and Zane Riley to win the PWF Undisputed title. Next, we had another AML title on the line as the Dawson brothers defeated the Lynch Mob, Matt and Joey Lynch, to retain the AML Tag Team titles. Lynch Mob uh, getting some getting some opportunities in South Carolina and North Carolina this year. I would love to see more of them in the region, and this was a tremendous match. All these shows available now. Uh, at High Spots, uh, on the High Spots Wrestling Network. Next, we had the BCW Heavyweight title, uh, one of the ones I'm not as familiar with, and it was Darius Carter who'd been feuding with Azrael, and Darius Carter uh, got the win and retained the title. Next, the Battle Club Pro Icon, Icon's Championship women's match, Harlow O'Hara defeated Lufisto, in what was a hard-hitting women's match, to say the least. This is one you want to go back and watch on uh, High Spots, along with the rest of the show. Shane Strickland defeated Matt Cross to retain the NGW heavyweight title. What titles does Shane Strickland not have? I mean, this guy has won gold everywhere he's been. Shane Strickland is impressive, and he and Matt Cross impressed in this uh, great match. The Heat Seekers, who are staples in AML, however, they were defending, and this is a mouthful here, the TCW-UWA Intercontinental Tag Team Championships. They defended them against Jason Kincaid and Chase Owens, defended them successfully. Kincaid and Owens, kind of a thrown-together team, but this was a phenomenal match with some great talent. And in the main event of the Showcase of Champions, Caleb Conley defeated P.J. Black to retain the AML heavyweight title. Again, that's a match you want to go back uh, and watch. And I, I don't know how. Let me just say, P.J. Black, I saw him wrestle twice last weekend, or I've gone back and watched it on high spots. And you think about some of the injuries he sustained. He, he broke both of his ankles, uh, I believe, in a skydiving accident just a few years ago. And... Just to even see him walk and how he performs in the ring, he really hasn't missed a step, and it's really pretty amazing uh, what he's done. Uh, Saturday was the Fan Fest at WrestleCade. Over 120 vendors, 125 guests, people everywhere. Kudos uh, to the WrestleCade staff. They they listened to the fans last year. Very crowded. Long lines this year, much more space to move around. Uh, the lines much easier to navigate. Uh, from what I could see at our table, uh, there weren't really any super, super long uh, lines. Uh, everything was very manageable. So kudos to the WrestleCade management for that. It was a much bigger uh, it's a mu it's a much bigger space. I do think, um, you know, the question that I asked somebody, I mean, you, you 6,000 people. Uh, I, I don't know that they can go much larger than that. 
Um, so you kind of get to a point where uh, I don't know if there's a bigger room uh, in that convention center, but I would not be surprised. And this is not this is not a knock on Wrestlecade, uh, but I've I've been to similar events and there is an ebb and flow to them. And I'm curious if Wrestlecade peaked this year as far as uh, attendance wise. Uh, I'd be very, I'll be very curious to see uh, what they have uh, next year. I was very surprised. I mean, some some really good guests. I didn't, like I said, I didn't see it. W- the first WrestleCade I went to, you had the Hardys and the Horsemen there, and it was crazy. The lines were crazy for those, and I didn't, I didn't see that uh, this year. Uh, but it was a good weekend, good day at the Fan Fest. And then Saturday night, the Super Show, uh, eleven matches. In the first match, this was a dark match. I don't, I uh, haven't gone back to. I didn't see if this one was on high spots. Brandon Scott with Playboy Bob Keller in his corner. Excuse me, the fabulous Playboy Bob Keller, the leader of the D and D. I better get that right. He defeated Billy Gunn. For the VCW heavyweight title, this is something that had gone back and forth between them. Brandon Scott, this was his rematch for the title that he had not gotten before. And Brandon Scott with a big win and gets the title. Hurricane Helms defeated Eli Drake in a good match. The War Kings, Crimson and Jax Dane with Road Warrior Animal in their corner beat the boys. C.W. Anderson beat Kid Cash. Jerry Lynn was a special guest referee. What everybody will remember about this match is John Schuyler, who was in C.W. Anderson's corner, uh, getting taken out by New Jack. And then there was a nice moment with all the ECW originals coming down to the ring. C.W. Anderson cutting a promo and, uh, again, promoting the ECW panel that was going to take place Sunday morning. Uh, Eddie Edwards and Carlito defeated Moose and MVP in a pretty good tag team match. Taya Valkyrie. Uh, defeated Penelope Ford in a street fight. I didn't see a lot of this match because a lot of this match took out took place outside the ring. And from where we were sitting, it was any time they went outside the ring, it was impossible to see. Uh, from any, we could not see anything happening outside the ring, uh, especially stuff that took place on the entrance side. Uh, but from all reports, uh, a good match between these ladies. Uh, Crazy Steve with James Mitchell in his corner beat Vampiro in a casket match. Again, we didn't see uh, any of this match. Most of this match took place outside the ring, so we couldn't see it. However, uh, we did hear the very much not-safe-for-work promo that Vampiro cut after the match. And that's that's one of the things that most of the time in a casket match, if you lose a casket match, you get wheeled to the back. So I didn't necessarily like it that Vampiro got out of the casket and then cut the promo. And yeah, it was it was weird. It was weird. Uh, there was a ladder match for the AML heavyweight title. Caleb Conley defeated Psychosis, Mil Muertes, Jason Kincaid, Marty the Moth, and Luchasaurus uh, in a match that... Uh, Went everywhere and had a little bit of everything. They had a battle royal next that had at least 50 people in it. They kept calling names. Uh, <clears throat> they had a lot of people, you know, legends from the past. They had a lot of young guys. Uh, South Carolina's own Zuka King was in this battle royal. And Fala Ba, who I think is from Impact Wrestling, won this battle royal. There was a little bit of mix-up. Uh, he and the former Darren Young uh, both went out at the same time. They restarted the match, and Falaba uh, got got the win. I'll, I'll have some more thoughts <clears throat> on that battle royal um, on behind the scenes for our patrons. Uh, tag team action: Johnny Impact and PJ Black defeated Juventud Guerrero and Ultimo Dragon in tag team competition. Sonny Ono got involved, and this was a pretty good match. Pretty good action. Uh, just went a few minutes too long. This was a long show. I'm uh, just going to be honest. This was a very long show after a very long day. I was on my feet all day. Didn't have a chair there at the booth. 
So I was on my feet all day. And plus, something to wrestle live with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson was scheduled to start after this show. And this show was running uh, about 30 minutes long due to lots of things. And so we actually left before the Nick Aldis and, and Jake Hager uh, NWA title match. And uh, it was Nick Aldis uh, getting the win uh, and defending the NWA title. Uh, let me just say this. Both of those guys are impressive physical specimens. I had no idea how tall Jack Swagger is. Jake Hager, no idea. Uh I had no idea. That guy is huge. He is huge. He is a giant, especially when he's at an event with a lot of independent wrestlers. He towered over everybody. I was, I was just, I was shocked. I was shocked. So we did go to the something to wrestle with, with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. Their special guests were uh, Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, came in and told some funny stories. Told some really good stories that I I haven't heard anywhere else before. Uh, Especially with the proliferation of so many podcasts and so many shoot interviews. There's just not a lot of stories we haven't heard these days. And for Kane to come out and share some stories, that was really good. Dr. Tom Pritchard came out. He had a couple of stories. Uh, and then at the end, uh, Joel Gertner, Blue Meanie, and Jeff Jarrett came out to sing with Brew Pritchard, uh, my baby, you know, with my baby tonight. Uh, and it was pretty good. Uh, it, it was some good stories. Bruce Pritchard's hilarious. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, as good as their show is, if Bruce could not do the impersonations, that show would have lasted about a month. But that is that is the show. The fact that he tells the stories and does the voices uh, it was great. Again, um, lots more behind the scenes with that. We filmed a driving to work, coming home from work, or coming home from the show, uh, where we talked a lot about that. Then uh, Sunday morning, uh, Sunday morning they had their uh, non-denominational worship service, uh, and the, we we slept through that and went to the EC. Man, we were tired, dude. We were recording stuff and we were going and going and going and not sitting and and uh, so anyway the ecw panel <clears throat> sunday morning uh was pretty entertaining lots of good stories uh several let me if it's safe to say a couple of the people on the panel in no shape to perform that morning <clears throat> new jack had some good stories told some stories that i'd not heard before in particular uh his response to, to something Brian Pillman did, or Brian Pillman said. Uh, so it was good. The The only issue with that, and, and this has been mentioned a couple of different places, the only issue with that was, uh, uh, and, and this, okay, this is no fault of anybody. Mike Johnson was, there, was supposed to be there to moderate this event. Uh, there was an emergency at his, his house. There was an explosion in his neighborhood. I have I have been in one of those situations. We had a friend uh, in Pennsylvania. Their house literally exploded because of an electrical surge. That's what happened in Mike Johnson's neighborhood. And they had to clear out their neighborhood. And <clears throat> he was not able to make the trip. And so this panel, and Mike Johnson knows his ECW stuff. He's done the Legends of ECW show on High Spots. So he knows his stuff. He was the perfect guy to moderate this panel. So they don't have a moderator. Joel Gertner, to his credit, steps up into this role, wasn't really prepared for it, and who would be uh, on such short notice? So I think that was a weakness of the panel because you didn't really have anybody hurrying the fans along as they asked their questions. You didn't have anybody screening the questions. Some of the fans didn't have questions. They just wanted to say that it was like the Chris Farley show. Hey, do you you remember when you hit that guy with the chair? That was great, man. Yeah, you do. You, do you remember? Do you remember when you when you came to the ring and, and drank beer? That was great, man. That was great. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's kind of what it was. Um, but other than that, you know, it was, it was good. 
was the first time that, to my knowledge, that those guys had been together. Uh, the only problem with things like that is once you've done it at an event, like where do you, why would you do an ECW reunion next year? Uh, unless you did have a moderator and you were talking about specific things, uh, you know, once you've done it, you've done it. So after that, Queens of Combat had their show again. I don't have the results for that show. Uh, and then AML presented their annual show called The Day After. Eight matches on this. Uh, you had the Gifted One Yaya defeating Axton Ray. You had the Gymnasty Boys defeating the boys. Devin Driscoll defeated C.W. Anderson. Uh, Billy Brash defeated Jason Kincaid and Chip Day to retain the AML Prestige title. That's a big win for Billy Brash, and he just keeps his win streak. And, he, man, that, he is one of the hottest uh, young superstars uh, in the Carolinas. Uh, the Dawson brothers defeated the Heat Seekers uh, to retain the AML Tag Team titles. George South... Uh, by hook or by crook, won the Scott Island Memorial Rumble, uh, defeated Zane Riley. They were the last two in it. And that earned George South a shot at the AML heavyweight title. So in the main event, Caleb Conley defeats Chase Owens to retain the AML heavyweight title. That's a match you need to go back and watch. I watched that on High Spots. Very good match. George South comes in after Caleb Conley makes a long, hard defense. And as George South is telling Brian Hawks and AML officials he wants to cash in, the Dawson brothers jump Caleb Conley, making it easy pickings, and George South goes in, and George South is the new AML heavyweight champion. However, if you go back and watch this on High Spots, and I want to make this announcement. Over the weekend, the AML heavyweight title belt was was stolen from WrestleCade. And if you've got any information on this, uh, I would encourage you to uh, do, do a couple of things. Uh, either uh, what you need to do is either message WrestleCade on Facebook. You can message Tracy Myers or... You can call our hotline, 864-280-9672. That's 864-280-9672. If you go to a local wrestling show and you got results you want to call in, that's the number, 864-280-9672. If you got an opinion on something, uh, you can call in and leave it. Speaking of opinions, lots of people have opinions on the 2018 CPWAs. Uh, this is uh, this is actually I've said this many times before. The CPWAs are actually what prompted the creation of this podcast uh, because there wasn't anybody, to, there wasn't a source where you could go and get results and follow wrestling in the Carolinas and get the wins and losses and get the results and see who was doing great and see who wasn't doing great. Because here's the thing, okay? I want to say this before I get into the finalists. I want, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, uh, social media buzz does not mean, does not necessarily mean that a person is having a good year. People saying on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, hey, you got to go see this guy, got to go see this guy. Number one, if that doesn't translate into ticket sales or merchandise sales, it's pretty much worthless. And so what happens is people take, and I've seen this, as the fans are involved in the voting this year, I have seen people vote for categories, for people in categories that I know for a fact that they have not seen that person wrestle, they have not seen matches in that feud, they haven't seen any of it. But they're going on based on what other people said. <coughs> and, and that's the problem not just with wrestling. That's the problem with everything in social media. Uh, we, we let the buzz pull us in and we want to be accepted. And so we, uh, you, we, we, we kind of join in the crowd. You know, we want to sound like everybody else. We want to be accepted. 
Let me so let me also say this. There's also a lot of confusion about the the the, the process. So let me break. I, I was a panelist last year. Let me try to break this down for you. Uh, there are six people on the panel. There is one panelist, one panelist vote that is going to be left to the fans. Okay, the way the nominations are tabulated is the six panelists all make nominations. They can make as many nominations as they want in each of the categories. Okay, then fans this year were allowed to make, and I believe last year too, were allowed to make nominations through Google Documents. So what happens is this. Uh, let's say you have 10 people that make a nomination for Wrestler of the Year. All right? 10 people going to make a nomination for Wrestler of the Year. Let's say four, and I'm just going to throw names out there. Uh, let's say four people nominate Ric Flair. Three people nominate Hulk Hogan. Uh, two people uh, nominate Randy Savage. And one person nominates Tito Santana. Well, all four of those people, all four of those people got nominations. Tito Santana, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. They all four got nominations. However, what the formula does is you take the total number of nominations, so that number is 10. Ric Flair got four nominations, that's 40%. That's number one. Hulk Hogan got three, that's 30%. Randy Savage got two, that's 20%. Tito Santana, 10%. You then take the top three, the top three, the top three percentages to determine your finalist. So that would be... Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and uh, Randy Savage. Those are your three finalists. That's what's announced. Now, there are some categories where you end up with more than uh, three finalists. How would that happen? Well, if Tito Santana, in the, the scenario I just mentioned, if Tito Santana, let's say Ric Flair gets three, Hulk Hogan gets three, Randy Savage gets two, Tito Santana gets two. Guess what? You're going to have four finalists there. They're all four going to be finalists. Sometimes, I remember last year, there were about 12, maybe 13 finalists for Rising Star of the Year because there were so many nominations and there were some, there was just so many that got the same number of nominations. So, yes, are is it a complicated formula? And, and what happens is people don't see their name as a finalist and they assume they were they weren't nominated a name that's been thrown out this year Zuka King Zuka King I know for a fact he was nominated at least for uh most improved wrestler I know that I or excuse me uh rising star of the year I know I made nominations for rising star of the year that person wasn't a finalist uh, I made uh, I made nominations, I believe, in all but one category this year. That was the big controversy last year, and I've said it on this show multiple times. I have not been shy about it. The Sons of Steel were my pick for tag team of the year last year. They weren't a finalist. There was an assumption that they weren't even nominated, and I said, "I absolutely, I Mark and I nominated them." So there, there's a little bit of confusion. So before I get into, before I get into, um, before I get into the categories this year, uh, once I go through these categories, share my thoughts. Uh, I got an email. Uh, excuse me, I got a voicemail from Jer Polk, uh, who's a great wrestling fan. Follows a lot of the promotions. He called and left a voicemail. I'll play his voicemail when I'm done. Let me just share. Uh, let me just share some thoughts on how we could kind of get through some of this confusion. I believe some of the confusion comes from people just being confused. I think just people are confused. I, I mean, there were people commenting saying, oh, uh, Darius Lockhart's been to England, so he should get this. 
okay, this award is for what they did in the Carolinas. You can't take – that's great. I, I've Listen, I nominated Darius Lockhart for multiple categories. All right? Voted for him. All right? So I'm not taking anything away from Darius Lockhart. But what he did in London has no bearing on these awards. James Drake winning the WWN title. Phenomenal achievement. Has no bearing on these awards. Anthony Henry winning the FIP uh, title. Has no bearing on these awards. What you do, this, these awards are what you did in the Carolinas. If they for, were for people from the Carolinas, Cedric Alexander's the wrestler of the year. Guy was a cruiserweight champion for most of the year. If so, I think part of the reason is people are just confused. I, people just they're just confused. I think there's some other confusion. Listen, if you're a promoter, there are a lot of promoters upset that more promotions weren't uh, represented in the finalists. Listen, you don't know who was nominated. Your, your people may have been nominated. And my question to you is, did you nominate them? Did you get up a group of people to say, hey, let's support our promotion. Let's make these nominations because you have the power to do that. So don't complain about the representation if you did not take the time to nominate people yourself, number one, and encourage the fans of your promotion to make nominations, uh, number two. The other thing is I, there's also a lot of question from everybody. What's the criteria for people to be nominated? And I would say this. These are just suggestions. I think I, I, think I messaged these to Redbeard before. Listen, I, <laughs> the amount of crap that Redbeard puts up with over these awards is astounding. Like, I just didn't know. Here's a guy. He wants to do something to give back to this industry, to this sport, to this thing that he loves. He just wants to give something back. He doesn't have a dog in the fight. He doesn't work for any promotion. He's not making money off of this, but the amount, but the amount. So, so I want you to let any criticism I have, it is not against Redbeard, okay? And and people taking personal shots against him. Get a life. This man's got a family. He's got things he can be doing. He's got a job. He does this. It's a labor of love. And so if you want to say, hey, could you try this? That's totally cool. But when you when you get snark, it's just, let's just keep it cool. Like, we all enjoy wrestling. Why can't we celebrate that, that we all, that we all enjoy wrestling? And why can't we celebrate these finalists? They're, I would say most of them are deserving. I'll talk a little bit about that. So as we get into this, okay, I'm not going to criticize... Any of my criticisms on this show are not going to have anything to do with anybody's talent, their personal character, anything to do in ring, okay? I I think some of the criteria needs to be, if it's the Carolinas Awards, you need to work in both states. Even if it's just one match in South Carolina, you need... To me, you need to work in both states. That's criteria number one. If somebody does not work in both states, if they're not willing to get a South Carolina license, they shouldn't be eligible for these awards, period, end of discussion. That's just me. That's my opinion. I also think we need to look at a minimum number of matches. What is a reasonable, if if a person is working in two states and there are 52 weeks in a year, and we already we know there are at least two promotions, two excuse me, two reputable promotions that run every two weeks. There are unreputable promotions that run every week. We won't get into that. Uh, but anyway, I think there needs to be. Hey, this person worked. Tw- I'd have no problem with that being twelve matches. That you worked one match a month. Uh, there, there. I mean, some. 
like, if you really dig down into it, which I am digging down into it, like, um, did anybody wrestle? I mean, did anybody wrestle 52 times in the Carolinas this year? Did anybody literally wrestle every week? I don't know. Uh, Maybe. Maybe maybe 30, maybe 40. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm asking the question. So I think there needs to be an understanding. You got to work in both states. And that you need to work a minimum number of matches. And I would say that that number is 12. Because they're 12 months in the year. If you can't get one match, two states, 52 weekends a year. If you cannot get 12 bookings in the Carolinas in a calendar year, you shouldn't be eligible for the. That's just me. All right? So that would cut through a lot of the. Whatever. I'd also say you got to work for more than one promotion. Uh, so I'd say that's a third criteria. So here we go. Again, rising star of the year, uh, Devin, Devin Cruz, Kevin Ray, Movie Mike, uh, Gifted One, Yaya. Uh, I am most familiar with Devin Cruz and Kevin Ray. I have seen them. I've called some of their matches, filmed some of their matches. Uh I have, I think all four of these probably deserving for different reasons. Um, again, I'd go back. Did they work both states? How many matches did they work? What was their record in those matches? I mean, if you lost, I mean, if you're two and seven, if you're two and seven in your matches, should you be rising star of the year? Uh, my vote in this category, Kevin Ray, simply for the fact he's been the dang Soda City champion. He's defended against a uh, – he, he has elevated a secondary title. He has defended that against all comers. He's defended that against uh, young talent, veteran talent, uh, and he's really come into his own uh, this year. And uh, that's who got my vote. Fire of the Carolinas. Uh, now, the Fire of the Carolinas award – was developed because the last year there there's been a couple of times in the last couple of years where the rising star of the year had been wrestling for 10 plus years so the fire of the carolinas was created uh so rising star of the year i now i think is you've been wrestling uh less than three years fire of the carolinas that person who's been wrestling more than three years but maybe not quite at wrestler of the year level. Looking at some of the nominees, it's clear there was some confusion uh, because you you wouldn't want to nominate somebody for Fire of the Carolinas and wrestler of the year. This this would be kind of a step below. Again, I'm not taking anything away from these uh, nominees. Uh, Josh Powers. Uh, who probably got, uh, um, you know, had the great series of matches with Beasley in PWX Pure that really put him on the mat this year. Um, so he's right there, Fire of the Carolinas. Drew Adler uh, has had a tremendous run in PCW. Uh, has has been a staple in uh, has been a staple in in PWX. Has also wrestled in OSCW uh, and other places. And Drew Adler, uh, great talent. Um, somebody who's on the rise. Somebody who's catching fire. Slim J, again, some great matches for Pure. Great matches for PWX, in my opinion. Hasn't worked enough. Has he worked 12 matches? Has he wrestled in both states? The answer to both those questions, no. Has he had great matches? Absolutely. Uh, but from where I'm sitting, um, just not not quite there. Not who I voted for in that category. Billy Brash, AML Prestige Champion, Carolinas Champion in APW, tag teaming with Joshua Cutshaw, uh, singles matches in various promotions, tag team matches in various promotions. Uh, Billy Brash has had a tremendous year. 
Uh, again, not who I voted for for Fire of the Carolinas. My vote for Fire of the Carolinas, a young man that I nominated for this category, Darius Lockhart. Uh, Darius Lockhart uh, has been PWX ITV champion for most of the year. He won the PCW heavyweight title, um, <clears throat> for even if it was for one night in the Palmetto Classic. He has had what I thought was – it may still be my match of the year. His match with Shane Strickland at Rise of a Champion. Uh, Darius Lockhart, it's not just the volume of work. It's the quality of work. It's his – to me, to me, I voted for Darius Lockhart because of the connection with the fans. He has made a connection with the fans. He – the like, the – it is just this weird thing. Uh, it, it it is just it's it's a phenomenon. It, it's nothing in independent wrestling with Darius Lockhart. It's nothing short of a, of a phenomenon, and he has just taken his skill, his ability. Again, nothing. All these guys are good, but Darius Lockhart to me is that guy. And to someone's point, again, you you can't take into consideration. Uh that he went to to England this year. But the fact that he went to England proves that he's the fire of the Carolinas. It proves some of this stuff I'm trying to say. So Darius Lockhart was my pick there. Feud of the year. You had Caleb Conley and Zane Dawson. They feuded over the AML heavyweight title. Ethan Case and Kevin Ray had a great series of matches in PCW earlier in the year. I mentioned Beasley and Josh Matthews, three matches uh, in, in PWX Pure, ending in, in a cage match. Uh, Malachi Matthews and Ethan Case. Uh, this is something that started even back at the Palmetto Classic. The seeds were planted. And this is what I voted for for Feud of the Year. Part of it may be I have been at all these shows. I have been filming. I've been filming these shows, editing these shows. I have watched it play out uh, from the Palmetto Classic uh, to um, now I can't even remember the name of the shows. When Malachi turned, uh, when Malachi was arrested, when Malachi is rehired. I mean, there was this long progression that led to what was a tremendous street fight, which I still got to edit and add commentary on. Uh, but to me, why was that the few of the year? Because when it came time for that match, sold it out. Great crowd. Like, that's the end result is how many fans did you draw? And, <clears throat> again, these were all good feuds. I think the Ethan Case, Kevin Ray set the stage for what happened between Malachi Matthews and Ethan Case. And then, of course, Malachi Matthews, all this, all this stuff on social media – just blew it up even more, and there was a great crowd for that match, uh, and it was a phenomenal, uh, it was a phenomenal match, phenomenal uh, street fight. A lot of people ask, well, why didn't John Schuyler and Corey Hollis uh, get uh, some love in this category? Uh, I I know they were nominated. However, I believe with all my heart, if John Schuyler and Corey Hollis had not won Feud of the Year last year, I believe they would have been a finalist this year. I think a lot of people said, you know what? They won Feud of the Year last year. It, it was kind of a weird feud because it was middle of the it was kind of middle of the year to middle of the year. So it wasn't encapsulated in one year. I think that hurt them. Was it a great feud? Absolutely. Was there an quit match? Brutal, brutal. Was it just? Was it a match that people talk about as one of their favorite matches of the year? Absolutely. So kudos to both those guys. But I do think, had they not won last year, they're definitely a finalist, and I would have seriously considered uh, voting for them uh, uh, as my pick of the year. Uh, again, it was a great feud. All these great feuds, and uh, there you go. Manager of the year, uh, George South who uh, up there in AML with the Expendables. Amber Young, who is always wherever uh, Anthony Henry is. Jack Bismarck, a staple in PCW. Zane Papa Riley, uh, who I didn't know was a manager, but manages, uh, I believe, in Queens of Combat. And then Tommy Thomas, who's in PWX, 
Also in, I uh, can't remember the promotion. There's another promotion in, in North Carolina that he works in. Uh, so as I look at these, um, again, taking nothing away from each of these. But if you go by some of my criteria, uh, work in both states. Did, did any of these work both states this year? Don't think so. Um, so that would be not, you know, again, I didn't even know Zane Riley. I tried to follow wrestling. I didn't even know Zane Riley was a manager. My vote in this category, and it was a close one. It was a close one. Uh, I believe George South won this award last year, uh, because all his guys had titles in AML. Uh, Tommy Thomas has had a great year there with the syndicate. Absolutely. But my vote went for Jack Bismarck because the guy came out of nowhere. The guy came out of nowhere and every single, with the exception of the last show, which he was not able to be at, Jack Bismarck has been a centerpiece of every single PCW show. He has been the focal point. You look at, go back to Feud of the Year. Ethan Case, Kevin Ray, Jack Bismarck in the middle of that. Malachi Matthews and Ethan Case, Jack Bismarck in the middle of that. So that's why he gets my vote for Manager of the Year because of his importance, because uh, Jack Bismarck's improved so much on the mic. He's he's gotten a great stable there, and he's been in the middle of everything, all the main storylines there in PCW. He has been uh, right in the middle. Referee of the Year. Absolute toss-up here. Three... Tremendous, three tremendous nominees: Ray Boring, uh, Jared Fritz, Chris Wiggins. Flip a coin. Uh, I am a fan of all three of these guys' work. Uh, work. I think they all three have different styles, which I like, and so uh, I consider all three of these guys friends. Um, but to me, again, not taking anything away from Chris or Ray, to me. There's been something about Jared Fritz's work this year in, in following him and in, in, in seeing some of his work. Uh, there's been a crispness to his work. There's been a the way he uh, communicates with uh, the way he communicates with people uh, in the ring. It is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, so my vote there would be Jerry Fritz. Again, that's a toss-up to me. Uh, all three got those guys uh, deserving. Next, ring announcer of the year. Five finalists. Um, you have uh, Dave Foster, Randy Hedrick, CL Party, Brett Wolverton, Jonathan Feltner. Uh, let's go through this. Jonathan Feltner uh, has been working uh, PWX and PWX Pure, Brett Wolverton, PWX, OSCW, WrestleForce, trying to think what other. uh, He's worked for multiple promotions. CL Party, I think primarily. CWF Mid-Atlantic. Randy Hedrick, I can't remember what promotion he's at off the top of my head. I want to say AML, but I don't think that's right. Um, And then Dave Foster. So let let me say something. Again, uh, several of these I know, good friends. Here's just me. Uh, And this is one of the issues with the awards, okay, is lack of research. Uh, Dave Foster, uh, beginning at the Palmetto Classic, which was middle of the year, handed over the ring announcing duties to Rob Sanders, okay? So Dave Foster, if you look at the beginning of the year, he was only ring announcer for a couple of shows. Um, And then, like I said, handed it off to Rob Sanders. So to me, I'm not saying Dave Sanders, or excuse me, Dave Foster is not a good ring announcer. I'm saying he wasn't primarily a ring announcer this year. He was was a GM uh, for most of the year. Uh, all these folks are great, are good in their own right, 
the fact that he's worked multiple promotions, the fact that he brings a level of professionalism to it. And, and again, uh, until if you want to beat Brett Wolverton, get out there, work for multiple promotions, be great, know what you're doing. But Brett Wolverton's uh, Brett Wolverton's my pick uh, for ring announcer of the year. Female wrestler of the year. The finalists were Maddie, uh, Maddie Mark, Savannah Evans, Ronnie Nicole, Faye Jackson. Uh, again, I think uh, three, all four of these ladies involved with Queens of Combat. Savannah Evans, the only one of the four, to my knowledge, to work in both South Carolina and North Carolina this year. Savannah Evans, the only female champion uh, in the state of South Carolina. She's the OSCW women's champion. She's wrestled intergender matches in multiple promotions. If you look at the number of promotions and you look at her success, she's getting ready to be in the Turbo Grand Prix next week uh, in that title tournament. Savannah Evans, to me, hands down, female wrestler of the year for the Carolinas. Uh, And in my opinion, there is no close second. There's just not. Now, tag team of the year. Whoo, doggy. Uh... So let's look at these three teams. I'd have no problem voting for any of these teams. I voted for the Dawson Brothers to win this last year. Dawson Brothers, AML Tag Team Champs, uh, worked in both states, good matches in both states. The Monster Squad, worked in both states, worked multiple promotions. Monster Squad, however, uh, to my knowledge, no, they did not win any tag team titles in uh, the Carolinas this year. Sons of Steel have worked both uh, North Carolina and South Carolina, and they have been the uh, three-count tag team champions for more of the year. Now, granted, three-count has not run as many shows this year, uh, but they have defended those titles on those shows. Uh, and and I was counted up. By my count, and this counts um, promotions that run regularly, it counts uh, there, there was a pro, uh, there were some shows – uh, at the Spartanburg Fair, so I I'm counting those, but my but by my count, 15 promotions in South Carolina, 15 wrestling promotions. The Sons of Steel in 2018 worked for seven of those 15 promotions. They worked for Battle Zone, Wrestle Force, OSCW, Three Count. Turbo, um, I'm uh, Palmetto Championship Wrestling, and what's the other one? Uh, I knew I was going to forget it. Uh, but yeah, they worked seven. I'll, I'm sure I'll think of it. But they worked seven. Uh, Chester, did I say Chester? They worked seven of the fifteen promotions in South Carolina. They worked for EWF in North Carolina. You take all that, and and I was talking this over with Boomer Payne. We were trying to think, well, how many matches do they have? And, and listen, this is just a fact. This is just a fact. This is not personal bias. If you look at the numbers, I'm talking about, we're talking about 2017, the numbers. I've made this case before. I can make it again. You look at the numbers in 2017. Number of matches, number of titles held, number of successful title defenses, number of promotions worked for in 2017. The Sons of Steel had a better year than anybody in any category last year or this year. They had one of the best years anybody could have as far as the totality of work. As far as their their complete body of work, it was absolutely amazing. So when I saw that they were finalists this year, when the year they had this year pales in comparison to the year they had last year. And so it feels like I don't know. Any of the so say all that to say who who's your tag team of the year? Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I've seen the Monster Squad defeat the Dawson brothers. I have not seen the Monster Squad or the Dawson Brothers face the Sons of Steel. I am begging. 
I am pleading. Promotions out there. This is money. This is money waiting to happen. Book this triple threat match. Make it happen. Give the fans what they want. Let's use let's use this momentum from the CPWAs. Make some money off of it. Uh, so for me, tag team of the year. I've been saying this all year. It's a toss-up. I don't like people say, well, the Gymnasty Boys should have been in there. Yeah, the Gymnasty Boys have had a good year in the Carolinas. The Ugly Ducklings have had a good year in the Carolinas. There's lots of tag teams that have had good years. But none of them have had years that just, like, absolutely stood out to me. Um, you know, the Ugly Ducklings had had a great year in, in PWX. Well, you know, what what about everywhere else? You know, that's what I'm saying is I, I want to look at everything. I want to look at the, the totality of of – of of the teams or a person's year. And then finally, wrestler of the year. Now this is this is very intriguing to me. Of the three finalists, you got Billy Brash, JD Drake, Darius Lockhart. Of the three finalists in 2018, only one of these three finalists won a promotions heavyweight title. That was Darius Lockhart in the Palmetto Classic. He defeated Big Country later on that night, lost to Drew Adler, lost the title. And let me just say, if you haven't gone back and watched the Palmetto Classic, the, the moment when Darius Lockhart beats Big Country, it's a huge moment. A crowd, great crowd reaction. And the crowd thought Darius was leaving that night with the title. Billy Brash... I think for the whole year has been the Carolina's champion in Chester APW. He hasn't made a ton of appearances there, but he has made some successful defenses there. Billy Brash has been the AML prestige champion. Not, I, I don't have it in front of me of how long he's held that title. He's had a lot of great title defenses. I, I mentioned two title defenses, Russell Cade weekend. Uh, J.D. Drake has not had any titles. In the Carolinas this year. Won the X-16 tournament. Failed to uh, use that opportunity to win the PWX world title. And uh, he's come up short when he's had opportunities for that world title. Uh, Darius Lockhart has held the PWX ITV title for most of the year. Lost it to Chase Owens. Lost it to Chip Day. Regained it from both those men. And like I mentioned, he was PCW champion for one night. All three of these gentlemen, tremendous wrestlers, all three of these gentlemen have improved dramatically uh, in in the ring over the last couple of years. I mentioned earlier uh, that Darius Lockhart was my pick for Fire of the Carolinas. He has used this year to me to build just about as much momentum as anybody can without – some sort of contract. You you and so that takes me down to Billy Brash and and JD Drake. JD Drake some of his best work this year has taken place outside of the Carolinas. Uh it has taken place for Evolve, which is awesome. Some of the stuff he's done in it, I mean based Based purely on what he's done in Evolve, J.D. Drake's Wrestler of the Year. Matt Riddle's last match. I mean, J.D. Drake has been put in some spotlight positions in Evolve. Some some honorable, some like, yeah, you got to have Matt Riddle's last Evolve match. That's huge. That's huge. And he earned that, okay? He earned that. Now, as much as you can earn something in professional wrestling, J.D. Drake earned that. He put himself in a position to be in that spot, okay? And and hats off to him. He is tremendous. 
But like I said, majority of his best work this year has happened outside the Carolinas. And that's why I got to give this to Billy Brash. Billy, Billy Brash this year again. And now I am taking, I am taking some of his tag team work into consideration in this award because he is the veteran on the monster squad. And when you see the interaction with Joshua Cutshaw, when you see how he works those matches, it has been spectacular. It has been awesome. It has been amazing. And Billy Brash, where he's brought himself from a couple of years ago, he again, he's put himself in a position. He is a main event talent. He is somebody you can bring in and you can put him with anybody on your card. And he's going to have a good match. And he's going to draw fans. He has a tremendous fan base. And so that's why Billy Brash is my pick for wrestler of the year. I mean, again, all three of these guys, they're awesome. Like, I mean, enjoy them while you can. Get out there and buy a ticket. That's the point of all this. Get out there and buy a ticket. If If your favorite was not a finalist this year, Get you and your family and you all nominate. I guarantee you, okay, in most instances, in most instances, if you can get somebody five or six nominations, they're going to be a finalist in most instances. If you can get somebody five or six nominations, they're going to be a finalist. So get your friends, get them together, sit down, boom. When the nomination forms come out next year, make it happen. This is like... This is something the fans can participate in. We all get a voice. We all get a vote this year. Uh, so, again, hats off. You know, Redbeard's doing his best. I think this is tremendous. I think it's this time of year. We all start talking about uh, professional wrestling. I saw the other day there's another podcast coming out. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but they're launching. They're going to talk about North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia wrestling. That's great. I hope they'll hit me up. And uh, we can work together. That's the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is when need be, and you tell me, oh, this guy's great, and I'm going to tell you, well, if he's great, then why was he booked to go 2-7 and seven this year? Yeah, I mean, all his matches were good. He's not winning anything. He's not going anywhere. So you got you to gotta take uh, – you know, I think a lot of times fans, there's this blurred line. And just because you don't vote for somebody doesn't mean that they're not going to sell you a T-shirt. Doesn't mean they're not going to sell you a picture. Doesn't mean they're going to unfriend you on Facebook. I, th- I you, you, Like, you're not going to hurt their feelings. If, if somebody's in the wrestling business and they're going to get upset at a fan who didn't vote for them for an award, they probably shouldn't be in the wrestling business. Uh, so next year, hey, go right now. The link to the the, the link to the CPWA's Facebook group is is going to be in the show notes at doubledropkick.com. Go and vote. Let your voice be heard. All the fans' votes go together. Again, we're the fans are one of the seven panelists. We have a voice and we have a vote this year, and I think it's great. We're all talking. I've already seen guys who did not get who were not finalists, saying, hey, this motivates me. Great, it should. It should motivate you. Hopefully you didn't need this to get motivated. Hopefully you care enough about what you're doing that you're self-motivated. But if this helps, all for it. So before we go, let's go to Jer Polk and hear from him, his great voicemail. I want to thank Jer again for calling in. Don't forget, you can call in 864 uh, 280-9672 uh, is the voicemail number, uh, 864-280-9672. So, here we go. Uh, so, here we go. Uh, Jer Pope going to you right now. Here it is. This is Jer Polk. Uh, interesting and intriguing nominations in this year's CPWAs. Uh, shout out to the panelists and of course Robert Truesdale on another great job this year. 
Uh, I know it's a tough job. Uh, it'll be criticized one way or another, but focusing on some of the positives, I think the fire of the Carolinas category is going to be a real uh, great race. A lot of good contenders in that category. Uh, I know who my pick is. Uh, hopefully you've got your votes in as well. Uh, wrestler of the year is going to be another one. Uh, hopefully everyone focuses on uh, the North Carolina and South Carolina aspect of this. And uh, just again, vote your uh, your own way, but please do vote because it's the first year we get that chance. And uh, finally, without taking up too much time, uh, it looks like Savannah Evans is uh going to run away with Woman of the Year, uh, Woman Wrestler of the Year, and uh, I think that's very deservedly so for her. Uh, what a year she's had. Uh, that's about it for me. Uh, Heath, I uh, appreciate you guys and your podcast and giving uh, us fans a chance to uh, weigh in here. Thanks. Everybody enjoy the show. Thanks, Jer, for calling in. Greatly appreciate it. Hey, uh, you can call in and be a part of the show, 864-280-9672. Don't forget, every week it's the Carolina Georgia's Wrestling Spotlight. Go check out everything that's happening. Hey, uh, maybe you want to find out more about independent wrestling. SOSCustomNetwork.com is where a lot of these guys, a lot of their shows, a lot of their matches uh, are going to be on our network. And you can follow your favorite wrestlers right there. Uh, don't forget, download, subscribe uh, I, uh, on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcast, wherever you can listen uh, to find podcasts. Also, become a patron. Get behind the scenes. I'm getting ready to record it right now. But as always, for the Carolina Georgia's Wrestling Spotlight, I'm Heath Mulliken. We'll see you next time. Music.